Welcome to competency number five, a bi-weekly podcast on maintaining calm and presence when coaching, leading, and living our lives. I'm your host, DG McCullough. In each episode, we interview those finding joy and clarity through being present. We also document my attempts as a communications coach to certify with the International Coaching Federation as a Master Certified Coach, an excellent and very strict training for maintaining presence. So step away from your work and join us for a bit on competency number five. Well, I used to be in a marching band, out of school, two, episode four. My guest today is Yasna Garcia da Rosa, and she's right here with me. So I'd love for you, dear Yasna, to introduce yourself to my listeners. Hi, Debbie. I'm Yasna. I'm from Uruguay. I live in Montevideo. I work in a company as the assistant of the general management, and it's a long time since I work there. And other things that I do is being with the employees and taking care of their well-being. So for me, it's very important wellness by itself. I'm also into the coaching world. So I have many, many aspects, holistically talking. So I am very much into that. And nowadays, also that stress, it's a trending topic. I'm trying into going into the opposite direction in order to be restful. And also, I'm encouraging and stimulating other people to be on the opposite side, no? uh, to be present. To That's be my, present. my mission. I love it. So your mission is to be on the opposite of stress, to be present. Yeah. And I love your description of yourself. Your voice sounds really light to me tonight. And you've said that wellness always plays a part of your work and your life. And coaching's part of it. Supporting others is part of it. Working for a healthcare company is part of it. But tell us about the yoga piece and how yoga helps keep you well, both at work and at home, even in life. What yoga brings to me is reducing stress, as I said. Other benefits are flexibility, improve my posture, um, my strength, my balance, and also my flexibility that is not only in reference to body, but to an open mind. I experience myself these benefits. Especially bringing the mind into the present, avoiding judging myself and others, and being present. And there I can relate to the coaching world, which they complement each other. Mm -hmm. Tell me how. How do you find coaching and yoga complement? I think you're 100% right, by the way. And you and I do both. So how do they cross over? The fact that we feel better after the practice is great. But then we tend to fall back into our old habits and we don't know exactly how to apply experiences from the mat to our lives so there is where the coaching comes in Mm -hmm. to create like a lasting change we need to consciously process the insights from the practice 
in this way, we start to understand better the relationship between our thoughts, actions, and emotions. And for example, in the coaching session, we can reflect on what has come up and reflect on what is not serving us. Then we can come up with new ideas, how to introduce them and the changes we want. Consistent yoga practice, for example, will then support us in keeping up with those new choices in life. So this is my route and where do I want to move on hmm. and to take action? Because in coaching, at the end of a coaching session, we usually take some action and commitments. That's right. That's the accountability piece. So I have some questions around that, Yasna, but I wondered what first got you interested in yoga? For me, it was kind of late in life. I was pregnant with my mm -hmm. second boy and I took on maternity yoga to just help me. I was in Arizona at the time and I was 36 and I decided to take on yoga. I think I saw a sign somewhere when I was getting some groceries and I thought, oh, I bet you that's really good for expectant mothers. So I took it on and then I fell in love with yoga and I did it every day right up until the delivery day. And I think I recovered so much quicker and I felt so good as a yoga practitioner that I promised to do it every day after my baby was born and that made two babies in my house then. And I did. I, I've remained almost a daily practitioner since. What about you? When did you first get interested in yoga and become a faithful practitioner? You know that I was thinking about that while doing the teaching course because I remember that in my 20s, I went into yoga. And you know, when you are like a teenager or a late teenager, you have so many emotions going around. And I was like sometimes very younger or furious. And then I said to me, I need to go to yoga. Let's see what happened. And then I entered into the world of yoga. At that age, I was in a Satyananda Institute. And I remember that that was so good for me. I had a very hectic day after work, after going to university. And I remember that times going late at night to finish my day with the yoga. And that was a period. And then, well, life is going on. And I also remember that the same as you said, when I was pregnant, I also went to some classes and it was a mixture of yoga and Pilates. Mm -hmm. uh, during maternity until giving birth, to tell you the truth. And afterwards, I went also with the baby to some classes and where we have the breathing and um, we could do it with the baby up on the belly. And it was so wonderful. And then I also leave it apart because uh, life again. And I started practicing, you know, going in back and forward. And then I started a path. A path of meditation. I went that way round. I found a doula, a teacher, a person who I love. And we had a women's circle and we were meditating first day, uh, weekly. And so there was when yoga came to me again. And I went there to do yoga with my daughter and I finished in that women's circle. 
and we went to a to a very deepened path together with that woman. We are called ourselves like Caminalmas. We still meet from time to time, and we are very close friends now. And one of them told me that she was entering into this two-year teaching course, and I said, "Wow, I could do it. Why not?" And I saw there the relation with the complement of the coaching and the yoga, and I did it for me. Like if we go through the ICF core competencies, we have one of them is maintain presence. Yes. The other is focus on what the client is saying, but also what the client is not saying. And so we have this active listening that goes beyond. And so there, I said, well, yes, I want that. And um, many clients come to sessions like uh, showing stress. And so breathing is very, very important too. It is very uh, important. And so you've taken yoga pretty far. You've actually recently certified as a yoga instructor. I know, I've heard anecdotally, it's really hard. How hard was it? And what did you learn about your own practice with yoga from certifying as an instructor? At the beginning, is to tell you the truth, it was very tough. This is a very deep instruction teaching course that I did because it has a theory. You know that it, this is a millenary science of life. And so we had to study a lot in theory. And also the practice is like very small movements of parts of your body, but that you experience very deepen on your soul. So at the first class, the first practice class, I said to me, what on earth I am doing here? Because, <laughs> what, was the, what was the pose where you wondered this moment? Why am I here? You know what it was? Be seated, legs on the floor, strike on the floor together, sit together, and just move your toes. Be aware that you have toes in your feet. Mm. And so... With the breathe, just move your toes back and forward, back and forward. Mm. And synchronize that movement with inhale and exhale. Oh. And you know, your mind was, oh my God, I have to go to work. What am I doing here? <laughs> Can I notice something about your communications, Yasma, as you explain what it was like? Yeah. Yeah. It totally changes how you are. <laughs> it's adorable. It slows you down. And as I listened, my mind also slowed uh -huh. down. And I started to wiggle my toes back and forth. It's so funny. So it takes this kind of instruction. What was that like for you? You were like, I have to go to work. Yes, you see, and, and well, my mind was like a confusion. I have many thoughts in my mind. But then I said to me, no, I'm going to do this because like I am an objective person. 
you know, how do you say when you have something in mind? Determined. And, I am determined. And, and focused. And persevere and focused. Yes. And so I said to me, well, I will listen to my body. And I le left my mind behind and it was adorable. And now that you are telling me that my way of communication changes, people have already told me that. And I have realized, and you know, when I was guiding you and telling the experience, what my body feels is a relaxation itself. Mm -hmm. It's not only you that are more relaxed or calm, but I am also. And so I value this practice. Yes. I value so much. I love that. And so you've certified as an instructor of yoga. I'm sure it was very challenging. This is one moment you described, but I've heard it's hours and hours. Now that you're certified, Yasna, what is your commitment to yourself and to others when it comes to using yoga as a way to ground and help slow us down, get out of our mind? away from the busy, into our bodies. What's your commitment? My commitment and uh, is the same as what my teacher told me. She's a medical doctor, my teacher, and she's in the Ayurvedic world too. And so uh, she said to me, and it's something that it's part of my mission too, is to bring these benefits into other people so uh, share maybe it's not by saying let's do a yoga a class or whatever but it's just showing someone that you have near you to teach them to breathe that to show some pose and maybe you see in someone that is near your office for example and teach them how to sit better and that would be benefit the posture of the person who's working and so that is caring for the health of that person mm -hmm. so you know that yoga's benefits are shown there are evidence in arthritis in osteopenia in balance issue even in oncology and chronic pain and other specialties so i truly believe on that And I think this is very important. And all of us should, at some point, practice something related to that. Let's say meditation, pranayamas, or some poses that you like. I hear a beautiful bird in your background. What was that? <laughs> a bird in oh, your. No, a bird agreed with you. It was a beautiful Apparently, bird. Apparently, yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I wondered, Yasna, you and I are both coaches. You and I both work in the corporate world. We see how busy everyone feels right now and the stress and the worry and the anxiety. And it's all the way up to the top, right? It's not just the mid-level or the entry level. All the people at the top feel this way too. What are some poses or um, you said you help people remember to sit correctly. That's part of it, right? Standing for more calls. But what else throughout the flow of the day is a good, tell us just your favorite poses to ground and center during the flow of the day. I know for me, for instance, 
Anytime before I'm doing something scary, I've always remained a fan of the tree pose because the very tree oh pose, it's one of my favorites oh. because um, by... Oh, my God, Debbie. Yeah, can Sorry I... Sorry for interrupting you. Yeah, you know? go ahead. No, no, no. You are reading my mind. Well, because yeah. I'm going to tell you the benefits of the tree pose. Mm. Oh, my God. Well, for me, what I love about it is I anchor on one leg for the tree pose for our listeners who've never done it. It's just anchoring on one leg. You get anchored. How about if I tell you how to do it? Yeah. And then I just want to say what I love about it is I get to breathe more deeply from the tree pose. The very act of having my arms outstretched opens up my chest cavity, which helps me breathe more deeply. And then I cannot help but sweetly smile when I find the balance and the focus required to hold and sustain that tree pose, it's not an easy one to do. But once you lock in and get there, there's a feeling of freedom and empowerment that comes over me. And I hold it for a long time. And then I change legs and do it on the other side. And then I namaste and I go into my scary moment, whether it's leading a new class or getting on the call with a high stakes potential client, a CEO of a giant company or something, or a new, just anything new for me. And I'm so loyal to this pose and what it brings me. But yes, please guide us there. Tell us how to do it. Before uh, guiding what I, what I want to tell you, now, now I see that you are a practitioner, but for those beginners, there is a practice that you can do like a tip while standing a few inches from a wall on your back. Mm. So even if you don't touch the wall, the proximity of it helps you feel confident that you, you won't fall out from the pose. Mm -hmm. Okay? So what you are going to do to be a tree pose, steady and grounding, you are going to stand in Tadasana as, you were, as if you were a mountain. You spread your toes. You press your feet into the mat or on the floor and firm your leg muscles. Then inhale deeply, lifting your chest, and exhale as you draw your shoulder blades down your back. Look straight ahead, steady into a spot that would give you focus and balance. Place your hands on your hips and rise your right foot onto your left thigh or shin. Avoid making contact with the knee. Press your right foot and left leg into each other. Take that your pelvis is level and square into the front. When you feel steady, please place your hands at your heart in a mudra or stretch your arms overhead like branches reaching into the sun. Maybe your arms can move with the wind very slowly. And then hold for some breath. Inhale and exhale. And then step back into the mountain pose. And be there steady with both feet onto the mat or on the floor. Close your eyes and feel your body. 
Feel one side and feel the other side. How are you feeling at this moment? Oh, amazing. Very grounded. Very peaceful. And very calm. And just more space. More space. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I think too, I notice with these more intentional yoga poses, I don't know if it's the same for you, Yasna, but I notice my senses become more enhanced. It's probably related to the breathing. So, for instance, colors seem brighter, sounds seem more sharp. Well, all of my senses, I just feel them. I feel my sense of touch. Everything is more heightened. What do you mm-hmm. what, what do you notice? And the other thing I notice is the energy that I have in my hands and in my feet. It's like all my cells, my skin are energized. Mm-hmm. There is a very good and positive light um, that surrounds all my body. Mm-hmm. It's beautiful. Thank you so much, Yasna, for guiding us through the tree pose. As we close our interview today, and I'm going to bring you back for more, by the way, you can be a regular guest. I wondered for those who really, you know, what's your flow where you, you know, you're a, a mom like me, you work as well, you're a coach. And now you're a certified yoga instructor. How do you make sure the yoga main uh, remains in your day, even when you don't feel like you have the time? Excellent question. I try to put yoga every day in my life, even if it's for five minutes. You know that we were doing the triples like in two or three minutes. And that's all you need. You know, maybe from one task to the other or, for example, before going out from home or when you are going to reach your house after work. Maybe it's just some minutes that you take out your shoes and to put your feet on the floor, on the grass, and just close your eyes and feel your body. And that would take you just for five minutes already. And that would be a moment, a yoga moment. It's just being aware of your breath and also if you have time, do one or two poses. That would be just perfect. And if you have more time, why not try the breathing, samasana, and finishing with a meditation. That would be perfect. So I think sometimes you can do one thing, a very small, and another moment you can do like 45 minutes, one hour. Love it depends it. on your day. Thank you so much, Yasna. It was such a pleasure having you on our show today. Congratulations again in adding a certified yoga instructor to your accolades and your skills. And I can't wait to hire you, hopefully, as a remote yoga instructor. <laughs> I would actually really love that. So we'll talk about that offline. But Yasna, congratulations again. And thank you so much for today. Thank you, Debbie. It was very nice talking to you. And I am so grateful to having expressed what I have done and sharing with you all these learnings. My pleasure, Diazna. You take good care. Bye-bye for now. Bye-bye. See you soon. See you soon.
From the U.S. state of Wisconsin, you've been listening to Competency Number 5. Want to learn more about communications and coaching? See my show notes for my LinkedIn profile, website, and my Medium channel. There you'll gain more tips and techniques on effective communications, including the coach approach to leading and communicating. Thank you to my producer, Dota Nayini, for the elegant edits that you hear in each episode, and to the indie rock band from Seattle, Wiretree, for my podcast music. You're listening to Marching Band. You can follow Competency Number 5 wherever you get your podcasts. Do forward this episode to those you care for and love. Speak with you next episode, and bye-bye for now. Oh,